the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, April the 7th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today is Good Friday. We'll come back to that in a moment. On April 7th, 1984, the Census Bureau reported that Los Angeles had overtaken Chicago as the nation's second city in terms of population. Today in 1922, the Teapot Dome scandal had its beginnings. Interior Secretary Albert B. Fall, he signed a secret deal to lease U.S. Navy petroleum reserves in Wyoming and California to his friends, oilman Harry Sinclair and Edward Doheny. He gave them that deal in exchange for cash gifts. That sounds somewhat familiar, doesn't it? Today in 1945, during World War II, American planes intercepted, effectively destroyed a Japanese fleet, included the battleship Yamato, was headed to Okinawa on a suicide mission. Today in 1949, Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, South Pacific, opened on Broadway. Today in 1954, President Dwight D. Eisenhower held a news conference in which he spoke of the importance of containing the spread of communism in Indochina. He used this example. He said, quote, You have a row of dominoes set up. You knock over the first one, and what will happen to the last one is the certainty that it will go over very quickly. Now, this became known as the domino theory. Eisenhower didn't use that term, but that's how it was defined. It's still studied today, his ideas about this, the domino theory. And that's what they call it in some history books that haven't been outdated now with some of the woke woke history that didn't really happen that way. Today in 1959, Oklahoma repealed the state's ban on alcoholic beverages. And today in 1966, the U.S. Navy recovered a hydrogen bomb that the U.S. Air Force had lost in the Mediterranean Sea off Spain following a B-52 crash. More than 2.2 billion Christians will celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ this weekend. 2.2 billion. I'm one of them. I hope you are too. History and experience both affirm and confirm that this historic event that would change the course of human events forever is real. Preachers, politicians, ordinary people like you and me, We all proclaim, he is risen. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon, he once said, we have asserted and we affirm it yet again that no fact in history is better attested than the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He said it must not be denied by any who are willing to pay the slightest respect to the testimony of their fellow men that Jesus who died on the cross and was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea did literally rise again from the dead. When Ronald Reagan was president, on Good Friday, 1981, 
He told the world this. He said, beginning today and culminating on Sunday morning, Christians will celebrate with their families the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his victory over death. We will remember that he gave his body and his blood, washing clean the faults and shortcomings of the world. In our rejoicing, we will renew the hope that is ours through the risen Lord. It has been said that Easter proves you can put truth in a grave, but he won't stay there. Charles Wesley wrote the words that we know as a hymn, Christ the Lord is risen today, alleluia. Sons of men and angels say, alleluia. Raise your joys and triumphs high, alleluia. Sing in heavens and earth reply, alleluia. Lives again our glorious King, where, O death, is now thy sting. And there's more. You know that hymn. We all probably know that hymn. We all know that Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there's an interesting poll that's out. I found it very interesting myself. It's contradictory in a sense. As the world prepares to commemorate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the results of this survey is kind of stunning, actually, because 66% of Americans said biblical accounts of the physical resurrection of Jesus are completely accurate. 66% of Americans. That's notable, to say the least. But it, it, it struck me, because to, to 66% of Americans really believe that those accounts are completely accurate? And if so, why do we live as we live? In the more secular Northeast, 60% affirm the biblical account. Even younger Americans, those guys between 18 and 34, they're more prone not to believe it. 58% of them said they believe this. They believe it's, it's real. And for the first time, a majority, 51%, said the Bible is 100% accurate in all that it teaches, with 62% seeing the Bible as the most authoritative source for what they hold dear. I, I read this twice. However, despite these encouraging numbers, other statistics in the study show a confused and an apathetic population in America regarding scripture and truth. On the one hand, they believe it. On the other hand, for the first time, a majority, 53%, said the Bible may contain helpful accounts of ancient myths, but it's not literally true, but it's literally helpful. 40% see modern science as disproving scripture, but people say, but I still believe the Bible. 32% believe God isn't concerned with their daily decisions, but they wish he were. It's troubling, this mixture of findings. It leaves a person hopeful, maybe hopeful and heartbroken. This exposes the danger of cultural Christianity, the vague assent to Christian beliefs without any evidence of actual faith in Jesus Christ. We know about it, and we say, yeah, I believe that, and yet our conflicted views 
our conflicted worldviews show something very different than faith in Jesus Christ. The problem is cultural Christianity. We endorse it as kind of a banner, apparently, but yet when it comes to knowing Jesus Christ personally and having the personal experience of Easter, of the resurrected Jesus Christ, not so much. We're confused. This poll didn't show so much rebellion as it showed apathy and confusion. I want to talk to you a little bit about apathy, confusion, cultural Christianity. All around the event that changed the course of human events forever. Two men were walking along a road toward a town about seven miles northeast of Jerusalem. It was called Emmaus, the town. These two men had been followers of Christ. They had affirmed, at least, they believed that he may be the Messiah. They'd heard him speak. They had watched him heal. They had seen him die. They had heard the reports from the women that the tomb was empty, but yeah, they didn't believe that. They had a hard time with that. They said, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. They had hoped that Jesus would free the people from Roman oppression, but their hopes had been shattered. He was dead. We saw him die on that cross. We get the impression that these two men were disappointed. They were discouraged, for sure, because God did not do what they wanted, what they wanted him to do. What they thought he might do, their dream of freedom and victory, it seemed to die with Christ. They were blind, blind to the truth about Christ, blind to the meaning of the cross, and blind to the reality of the resurrection. You see, the concept of the resurrection lies at the heart of Christianity. It isn't just that we culturally embrace these ideas and, yeah, this is Easter. We're going to have the biggest Easter egg hunt of all time. That's fine if you believe that rabbits lay eggs, but I'm telling you, we, on the one hand, we embrace culturally Christianity. Our president is famous for that. And yet we live and think otherwise. That is the conundrum of where we are in our culture today, in our world today. Let's take a closer look at this. The resurrection of Jesus Christ affirms to us that he is indeed the Son of God, just as he claimed to be. And it proves that we can experience that same power personally, through a personal relationship with God. Sadly, a lot of people think differently today. They embrace the ideas of Christianity, but they do not embrace the founder, the purpose, the genesis of Christianity. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. His death and his resurrection. In this story, it's found in Luke 24, as you probably know. In this story... There's no doubt that the past couple of days in these men's lives had been extremely emotional. These men were followers of Christ. I mean, they said, yeah, we, we, we get this. We see where he's going. He's going to free his people. We're going to deal with Rome, and we're going to deal with the enemies of, of the Jewish people and the Hebrew people and so on. 
So they had it all constructed in their minds, kind of what God was going to do. And they were following this. They were followers of Christ, even, and his ministry. So there's no doubt about that. But they they even had been devoted to his teachings and his plans. As far as they were concerned, they had seen their hopes dashed and their plans destroyed because they didn't understand Christ's plan. Here they are on the road to Emmaus talking with each other about all the things that had taken place, verse 14 of Luke 24. In fact, we know this was an emotional conversation because verse 17 tells us that they were exchanging words and the implication of that word translated is that they were very animated in their conversation. In other words, they were having an animated, heated conversation about what had taken place. Because they couldn't figure it out, they probably had a little bit differing views. While they were talking and discussing Christ, he approached them and began traveling with them. Now, get the picture in your mind. Here, they're having this emotionally charged discussion about the events surrounding the life and death of Christ. Did he really rise again? And so in Christ himself, he come. And who is this stranger who joins them? The Bible says their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Interesting. In other words, they were blinded to who he really was. Here he is right next to them. And they didn't even know it. Just another person passing in the night, so to speak. You know, I think often about how our emotions play a role in our faith. It's true that emotions and feelings are important. They must be important. Some parts of Christianity try to rule out. They say, no, you can't have any emotions. Of course we have emotions. God made us that way. And our feelings are important. But we are not to build our life or our faith upon our feelings. There seems to be this struggle between well, sometimes within us between faith and facts and feelings. I got to tell you that feelings and emotions aren't bad. God gave them to us for a reason, but we are not intended to place our faith in our feelings. We may get up some morning and it may not feel like Easter. It may feel more like Good Friday. Things are not going well in our life, in our family, in our nation. We are not intended to place our faith in our feelings. We place our faith in the facts, in the word of God that is eternal, unchangeable. Christ was the word made flesh and what he spoke was word. It was eternal. And the Bible today is our guide. It is God's word for us. We can't possibly believe in someone being raised from the dead. What would others think? We couldn't place our faith in something unseen. It just doesn't feel right sometimes. Much like these two men were blinded to the truth by our emotions. Christ could be right next to us, walking beside us along the road, and we wouldn't even know it. Pilate had that experience as he was in the process of leading the crucifixion of Jesus himself. He looked right at Jesus and he said, What is truth? Hello? Pilate, he's standing in front of you. There are some stories, none of them are confirmed, but there are several stories about what happened to Pilate after the crucifixion. Some say 
and they're fairly reliable sources. I mean, they're not; it's not documented. But some say that actually Pilate and his wife accepted Jesus Christ in later life. I don't know that to be true, but it's interesting. Some say he went off in the countryside and lived quietly till he died. I don't know, but I know his wife was a strong advocate for him not doing what he did in the crucifixion. There were some that were blinded by their circumstances. These two were on this road to Emmaus. Sadly, these guys couldn't see the purpose of God behind the events that were unfolding. Often, we don't see. We can't see. But we have to begin with our personal faith in Jesus Christ as the doorway, as the approach to understanding what's happening in our life, because God is in control. As they begin to talk with Christ, they said, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and that's unaware of the things that have happened these days? It's kind of funny to see Christ's response here. He says, (laughs) Jesus said to them, what things? As though he had no idea. They were so immersed in their circumstances that they were unable to see God behind the circumstances. Have you ever had that experience? Of course you have. So have I. We get so focused on our what we want and our goals and all that. And goals are great. People without goals always achieve it. Nothing. But we get so immersed that we... we we're kind of blinded to what God may be doing. It may be greater than, different than, higher than our ways and thoughts and plans. I think that's probably what was happening with these two people that were walking along the road to Emmaus. They described Christ. Jesus questions them and says, tell me about this, you know, and so on. They describe Christ to Jesus. They say he was a mighty prophet indeed and word. And they said, quote, we are hoping that we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Implying that, well, you know, he it wasn't it wasn't he. It wasn't the Messiah. And we're so downtrodden and we're so disappointed. We're bummed out. We're discouraged because it wasn't at all what we thought. They said, indeed, (laughs) besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened, in verse 21. In other words, they allowed their circumstances to dictate their understanding of who Christ was and what he had done and who he was not and what he had not done. They couldn't see the victory of the cross because they were blinded by its injustice. It was a horrible thing. It shouldn't have happened. It's not right. This Jesus of Nazareth had a right to live. Everybody said he didn't do anything wrong. All he did was inflame the the church, the Jews, the religious leaders, and trigger the Romans. They were a little bit afraid of him because he had such a following. But otherwise, he didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't out there killing people and so on. He was raising them from the dead, as a matter of fact. Who would think that the same person who suffered and died three days before was now walking and talking with them on this road going out of town? Their circumstances would not allow them to see who Christ really was. We encounter that same obstacle in our own lives. Our life situation can leave us in a place where we are blinded to Christ. Who knows? 
Maybe it's a situation where you think you have it all. Your circumstances have, say, worked out well for you and you're living in a comfortable life and you've got everything you could want. Nice cars, nice home, nice family. You can't see your real need for God. Or maybe your circumstances are somewhat different. Maybe maybe you're struggling to make ends meet and each day seems to bring a new challenge and disappointment, a new reversal. As a result, as a result, we sometimes, not intentionally, but we just sort of blame God for our situation. You see, in both cases, our circumstances have blinded us from seeing our need for God. The situation has formed a barrier that clouds our view of God and distorts our idea about God. They were also blinded by their unbelief. They couldn't imagine someone actually being raised from the dead. I mean, that was just a step too far. This wasn't a concept that was familiar to them. It's easy for us to think about it. We've heard it for years. We know, if we know Christ personally, and that is what I'm really talking about today, if we know Christ personally, our faith allows us and brings us to believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But ideology doesn't cross that bridge. Ideology stumbles over the cross and the resurrection. Paul addressed this in a number of his letters. This is a new concept. They had heard the teachings of Christ. They they had heard that he would be resurrected, but they were blinded by their unbelief. The real problem was not in their heads. It was in their hearts. Christ said, Christ said they were, quote, slow to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was that their basic problem? They did not believe the promises about Christ written in the Old Testament. They needed a fresh understanding of the word of God. Jesus gave them that understanding. The Bible says that Christ began to explain to them all the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. That's verse 27. One of the things that hinders us from seeing Christ is our unbelief. We can't believe that he would love us. Sometimes we can't believe that he wants a relationship with us. God would never accept me. I've done all of these bad things. My life has been a wreck. It's been a disaster. But no, that isn't the way it is. That's the way we see it. Through our emotions and through our our human thinking. But no, Easter is not about the good people being gathered over here and believing and the resurrection and the bad people standing back looking over the fence. That's not what it's about. It's about whosoever will may come. And yet we look at our lives and sometimes we have all sinned miserably and do sin. And we say, I I could never qualify. I could never have a relationship personally with Jesus Christ. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, the Christian faith is a foolish fantasy. And yet the poll that I shared earlier says most of us, most of us, 60 some percent of us say we believe it because we want to believe it, but we can't believe it because we can't take that step of faith. When religion, Christianity is merely a religion or a cultural belief. It never becomes life-changing. 
It just becomes a set of rules, like any other religion. The faith, the transformative power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the belief that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It is he. He is risen. That's what we're celebrating this weekend. We're remembering his death and celebrating his resurrection. If he didn't rise from the dead, we have nothing but a set of rules. We have nothing but another religion. We have nothing but our attempt to be good enough, to be acceptable by our God. The resurrection was a central message of the early church. The church grew with an unwavering conviction that Christ had risen and was the Lord of the church. You find that in Acts chapter 4 and chapter 5 and Romans chapter 5. That's what Christianity is all about. There's no question that it began shortly after the death of Jesus and spread so rapidly that within a period of about 20 years, it had even reached Caesar's palace in Rome. Not only that, but this moment triumphed over a number of competing ideologies and eventually it overwhelmed the entire Roman Empire. As the empire fell, it fell into the hands of the Christians. And they carried out some of the needs of government in the name of the Lord. It's an amazing, amazing historical fact. Men and women today testify that the power of the risen Christ has transformed their lives. We know that Jesus is alive not only because of the historical and the biblical evidence, but also because he has miraculously touched our lives. One piece of evidence that no one can dispute is the ongoing encounter with the resurrected Christ that happens all over the world. As we speak today, there are people being persecuted for believing what I'm talking about. I've been with them in, in the past in some cases. Today, it's much more so. They're being killed for their faith. They're being martyred for their faith, and yet they continue to do it, and we continue to hear the reports. They all testify that more than any other single thing in their lives, Jesus Christ has changed them. To me, this provides the final evidence that he's risen. People, ordinary people all around this globe, 2.2 billion people this weekend proclaim that Jesus Christ is risen because they've experienced it in their heart. They're willing to stand before a firing squad or some idiot with a machete while he cuts off their head because they have experienced the living Jesus Christ. Don't be blinded by your emotions, your circumstances, or your unbelief. Open your eyes to the truth of Christ. God emptied heaven to fill the manger. He emptied the manger to fill the cross. He emptied the cross to fill the tomb. And he emptied the tomb to fill your heart. As we celebrate this weekend with family, with friends, dinners, Easter egg hunts, as I said, man, let's remember that knowing Jesus Christ personally is what makes Easter real. 
because he is risen and he is indeed the Son of God. There is no other way. Hey, thanks for being with me today. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you right here on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.